This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. It has been about 10 days since Everton last played. How have you been dealing with that, James? Been feeling pretty peaceful, to be honest. It's been nice uh, to kind of just relax and not stress about where the next points are going to come from for Everton. But now we are officially seven days out and the creeping feeling of dread and, you know, mixed with excitement is starting to make its way back into my brain. And I don't know, it's it's going to be a long week at the same time. I'm kind of dreading it, but also really looking forward to it. This is the type of thing that being an Everton fan will do to you. I don't know, Alex, how have you been faring? How are things going with you? It's been all right. I mean, I prefer it when Everton play, even when they torture me. I, that's just the life of a of a blue, to be honest. But it's been cool because we've been able to focus on being a little more creative and talk about, you know, different things that come to mind in relation to Everton. And, and also, we've been able to work on scheduling a lot of really cool guests, right? Which we have a really big one I'm excited to announce at the end of the episode. But before we get to that, let's start off with a loan update. So we want to give a shout out to the only peach on Reddit. If you're not a part of the Everton subreddit, you need to make an account or subscribe to the Everton subreddit. This person does an awesome loan update. I think maybe about once every two weeks on average and gives a super in-depth description of every player. Yeah, it's really good to be able to keep up with the blues. Um, I know there's other people. I believe Tom Clark from the Toffee Blues does a loan update. It's nice to just be able to kind of passively stay up to date on what's going on because we do have a boatload of players that are out on loan. Uh, Most of them, you know, looking to develop, but a lot of players that we just couldn't quite sell and get rid of. Uh, So we have that. It's nice to stay up to date. The the most exciting of those loan players, I would say personally, is probably Henry Onyakuru, who is still fairly unproven a player that a lot of Everton fans have high hopes for because he is known to play as a striker from time to time. Of course, that is the position that we've been crying out for for a very, very long time. And he's on loan, of course, at the Turkish club Galatasaray, and he's been faring quite well. He's been faring really well. I mean, he's he's played over 2,000 minutes for them this season, nine goals, two assists. I think he's been primarily playing on the left wing, but as you said, he can play striker. I think he's, you know, very comfortable playing striker and then he can even play on the right wing but I think I think it's it's more of like a animal lookman type in terms of wanting to play on the left and being able to cut in on his favored foot his right foot however you know it's it's just going to be a continued story or a question of can he get his work permit to come to the UK after this season right and there's been reports coming from inside the Everton camp that they are increasingly hopeful that they will be able to get him his loan, uh, his work permit rather, due to him playing in the Europa League with Galatasaray and also, you know, potentially having uh, appearances with his native Nigeria on the, on the international stage. And so the hope is that we can get him in next season, get that permit. And finally, whether it works out or not, at least figure out if it's going to work out with him in the side. And of course, we're crying out for strikers. So the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. That makes two of us. So moving on, Kieran Dowell, 
he was someone that I was really hoping would kind of start making some sort of limited impact on the first team this season, seeing as how he wasn't sent on loan initially in the summer. But unfortunately, he pretty much never made it off the bench and he went to Sheffield United and he really has has found it hard getting playing time over there. Yeah, they're at the top of the league for for their division. And so, of course, going to a side that is in great form in midseason makes it difficult to kind of break into the team because, of course, they have an established rhythm and presence. It sucks because, of course, the reason he went on loan was to get minutes and get more playing time that he wasn't getting at Everton. And I'm with you, Alex. I was in the same boat. I was hoping that we would be able to get him incorporated into the first team, a player that has succeeded for England at a youth level all throughout, similar to Adam Lookman, Tom Davies, John Joe Kenny. And because we have relative depth in the midfield, it just hasn't worked out. And now it's, I just really don't want to see his development continue to stall with these loan moves that he can't get on the pitch. And it's just seems kind of counterproductive that he would go. Although he is, of course, with a good quality side, it's almost better to be in a poor side where you're at least playing and getting that experience. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you wanted to be with the poor side, he could have just stayed with the first team, couldn't he, James? Ha ha! ha. It's funny because it's true. But to actually pull a positive, right? Uh, it, him playing with Sheffield United at the top of their current division, right? Maybe it it's going to kind of breed a winner's mentality for him. So you know, if if he brings a lot of a lot of confidence and, and positivity to the dressing room, maybe next season, whether he plays a ton of minutes or not, that's you know that's a positive or that's really good as well. So moving on, we have Callum Connolly and Joe Williams at Bolton and both of them seem to have been playing quite a bit. Yeah, they both have been getting a fair amount of minutes, good experience. We're starting to creep into players that it's very questionable their first team future. And what I would say is that even if Joe Williams and Callum Conley never play for the Everton first team, they still, you know, can serve a purpose at the club. And it's something that the top teams have done really well. You look at a club like Chelsea, who have dozens of players out on loan at any given time. They're, you know, if you can develop or create income from these players and selling them to lower division teams, that's a valuable thing to have. That's a valuable income source. You develop the youth. They go on to have successful careers, even if it's not necessarily Everton. Of course, the primary function of the academy is to develop players for the first team. But with the way that the transfer market works and the pool of players that we have to draw from worldwide, globally, it can be hard for those players to make it through. And we know that there really haven't been many for a long time. And we're looking at, of course, John Joe Kenny, Tom Davies, players who've come up through the academy, they're kind of the outlier. Like most top Premier League clubs do not do that. And so it's kind of a shift almost or a change in the way that we think about the academy because you want to see those players come through. But at the same time, at the end of the day, they're there to benefit the club. And if selling them and it's mutually beneficial for them to move to a lower division, um, that's a good thing overall. And that's kind of where I see Joe Williams and Callum Conley falling in. I'm not sure where you're at on either of them. James, how many times do I have to tell you players are people, not assets? Fair enough. Just kidding. No, uh, I agree with you completely. Right. I think I have higher hopes for Joe Williams 
And that's because he seems to be really highly rated at Bolton. And not to mention he's a defensive midfielder, which although we have a ridiculous amount of defensive midfielders on the books, most of them seem to be dead weight at this point. So we'll see what happens with him. But, you know, he just came back from injury and made a short appearance in their match against Norwich. So that's always good. And then moving on to the last player in our loan roundup or update, Mason Holgate at West Brom. Mason Swolgate, I believe you dubbed him on Twitter. I did. Which I think is pretty fitting. He is tearing it up right now for West Brom. I've seen a lot of their fans on Twitter clamoring to for, for them to sign him on a permanent deal. Playing primarily at right back, which is something that we knew that he could do, but not really a role that we've ever seen him in for Everton, which is interesting considering our struggles at that position. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got, I think, nine appearances and he just bagged his third assist today against Queen Park Rangers. And that was for a 3-2 victory in stoppage time. It was pretty awesome. You know, he's he's strong, he's tall, and he's very quick for his stature. He's also pretty comfortable on the ball. And so, you know, I'm really excited. I'm happy that he was able to go to West Brom and get essentially guaranteed minutes now that he's really cemented himself on the right in the right back position and and shown that he can be flexible no matter what but I can't wait to see him come back next season because you know I think that he would be able to really make a mark on the first team although you could argue that he's been doing that for the last two seasons yeah he's he's had an impact on the first team he's struggled to kind of cement any kind of place and you can chalk that up to his youth relative inexperience, and I think this loan move is going to do him wonders. As far, even if it's just for his confidence, uh, and the experience, of course, is going to be very beneficial as well. The question becomes, is he ready to make the step from the championship to being, you know, taking us where we want to go? Could he sit in the the starting 11 of most mid-table Premier League clubs? I feel confident in saying that I think he could. But is he the type of player that, we really need to bring us to the elite level. Is he the player that can be a part of this project long-term and take us to new heights? I think that there's still question marks surrounding that. I do think it was almost harsh to send him on loan because I think right now with Yuri Mina injured, we, he could easily be getting on the bench and maybe getting some looks in. Uh, Phil Jagielka waning very quickly. I, I don't see him realistically featuring very much for us. Now with nothing to play for, what's the downside of having a Mason Holgate get a few games? I don't see it. But that being said, you know I trust Marcel Brands and the decision to send him on loan. Clearly, he's lighting it up, and it's a very good thing to see. Yep, and you know my thing is, as you said, right? He could definitely start at center back at some of the mid table clubs, right? And at the end of the day, next season we're really only guaranteed Keane and Mina, right? Jagielka. His contract ends this summer. So, and we haven't really seen him. He's been pretty much injured the entire season. So, with that being said, we're going to need Mason Holgate as a third center back, right? Because we also have, you know, no guarantee that Kurt Zuma, although we really hope um, that he will, you know, join permanently. It's 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 probably a no, if we're going to be completely honest. And we also, you know, James, have to look at, okay, we're building this project. We are we are 
really aiming to break into the top six, right? To get into Europe of you know in some capacity. A third center back of mid-table or higher quality is honestly something we've been missing for years, in my opinion. So having him next season, even if maybe he can't beat out Mina and Keane for a starting role, if we're only playing two center backs, then I think that he is a really, really good third option to have. And we would, you know, we would be blessed to have him compared to a lot of the other teams that we may be competing against to push into maybe seven or six. Yeah, I think that that's a very good point. My counterpoint to that would be I would be very surprised if acquiring another center back is not something that is on Marcel Brand's list for the summer. Whether that be Kurt Zuma, I agree with you that it's looking less and less likely that he'll end up signing a permanent deal with Everton with the woes and struggles that are that Chelsea are experiencing right now. They'd probably love to have him back right now with, with his form for us, the way he's playing. If Kurt Zuma goes, love to have him stay. Is Mason that third center back that that we can rotate? I just I I can very easily see us signing another center back in the summer and then him kind of falling into that awkward fourth center back role, which if we're gonna ever play three center backs is entirely necessary to have. But does that, you know, is he gonna get enough game time to really continue to develop the way he needs to? Because I do think he's going to be a very, very good player. What level that's at still remains up in the air for me. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. There's been a ton of chatter on Twitter, I'm sure as everyone knows, after seeing the video of his assist against QPR today, talking about he should be our right back moving forward. You know, we have Coleman who has declined immensely this season, unfortunately. John Joe Kenny, I'm assuming, is going to pretty much be the starting right back for the rest of the season, assuming there's no injury and just no absolutely horrible performance. So do you think it's possible that he could be our right back for the future and and even earn that spot over John Joe Kenny? At this point, I wouldn't be surprised with anything. I think it's well within the realm of possibility that he could fill in at right back. He's getting the experience now. He's played it before. Is I, I still think his best position with his size and strength and ability on the ball would be at center back. But I agree that we're probably not going to see much more of Seamus Coleman. It's as much as every time you talk about Seamus Coleman and you want to say something slightly negative, you have to preface it with like, he's been a great servant to the club. One of our all time, maybe, you know, arguably a legend, a huge presence, but, and there's always the, but he's 30 years old and I think he's effectively done and it sucks to say, but he's effectively done. And so could Holgate be, it could be a Holgate Kenny competition in preseason to see who wins out. I'm totally open for that. I think that that's great. If that's where Mason Holgate is okay with playing, of course he has to play where the, where the team wants him to play. He's a professional. He'll do that. I think with the performances he's putting in now, he'll be very happy to play right back. And so that competition can only you know do good things for Kenny and Holgate both. All right, James. So I have one question for you before we move on to talk about more of the youth, okay? So my question is, going into next season, right, we are aiming for sixth, seventh place, correct? Now, assuming our other players, you know, the system kind of gets worked out and other players are playing to their ability, would you be comfortable 
having Kenny and Holgate fighting for that starting right back spot and, and, and feel confident that we can get sixth, seventh place. That's a no for me. Wow. It's just a no. I, I love them both. But when you're talking two players who are what Mason is 21 and John Joe Kenny is also 21, if I'm not mistaken, both in their early 20s, the lack of experience is a major red flag. And you look at, of course, across the park at Liverpool, they have young outside backs that can compete, but I would not feel totally confident. I think right back is going to be a priority signing area for us. And I would love to say that I think that youth players can come in and take us where we need to go and take us to the stratosphere and we can win the Premier League with our whole academy coming through in the ranks. But the reality is that is just not how it usually works. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or pessimistic, but I think that we will, will need an upgrade in quality at right back if we want to compete for those places. That doesn't mean that neither of them can come good or won't come good because they both very well could. But I'm not sold on that as a as a vision for next season. If that's our answer, then I would be slightly concerned, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. Now, I have, I think I have a completely conflicting or contradictory view on it, right? So first, you address them as youth players. So Mason Holgate has had over 30 appearances for Everton. John Joe Kenny has had, I think, 28 They've both been firmly in the first team for the last year and a half, two years, right? So I think at this point you can call them first team. Now they're rotational. They're, you know, they're not important, quote unquote, important players to use that FIFA terminology. Uh, But, you know, I think that they are firmly first team players. But here's what I will say. People nowadays, all of us, you know, millennials, James, really enjoy attacking fullbacks. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with a modern day Tony Hibbert, okay? And my point I'm trying to make is Holgate and Kenny are both actually really strong with their defensive abilities. And so when I think of the fact that, okay, maybe they're not rounded on the edges, maybe they're young and inexperienced, which is completely fair to say, if they can sharpen and apply those defensive abilities at the fullback position, then even if they don't quite contribute to the attack as much as we'd like, as much as Luca Dean would, I think that there's still a very, very solid starting 11 to be had with either one of them in it. I see your point. I don't necessarily agree. Like, Would you say that either of them offer us more than Seamus Coleman did five or six years ago? I don't think that you can say that definitively. You can speculate and say maybe. I'm more bullish on John Joe Kenny being a long-term right-back replacement than Mason Holgate. I still think that Mason Holgate's best position lies at center-back. And if we have him as our third or fourth option, then that's some really solid depth. Whether he's ready for the limelight, for the spotlight, to be the guy, the week-in, week-out starter, not not at all sold on that proposition. I like him as a player. I'm very optimistic for his future. Is he ready for the big stage? Remains up in the air. All right. Well, my opinion. Well, we will agree to disagree. How about that? So moving on, last topic before our guest announcement, right? So the U23s have extended their lead at the top of the 
PL2, right? And actually, the U18s are top of their league for Everton. So it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Marco Silva has been given the okay to play youth players, focus on younger guys, right? We've seen Kenny come in quite a bit. Calvert-Lewin has been earning his time, Tom Davies. How many, if any, could you see of these younger players, U18s, U23s, making their debut this season, even if even if it's 15 minutes? I could see Morgan Feeney getting in at some point. It will heavily depend on how the table is looking towards the last five or six games. There's no way that Morgan Feeney gets minutes against any of the big six sides. And we really, honestly, we need to get as many points as possible from the remaining games that we have against lower lower table sides. I think we need to play the youth, but I think the youth more strictly applies to players like Tom Davies and John Joe Kenny and not bringing up players from the U23s who are having an unbelievable season, could very well win the Premier League too, which would be a fantastic achievement for the second year in a row. The only other player that I could potentially see getting some time might be Fraser Hornby, and he is still very, very young, um, but he does look like a very good prospect for the future. How are you feeling about that? Do you think that it's a possibility that we could see more than one player make their debut? I think I'm pretty much on track with you, James. I think that two would be a very optimistic look. And I don't think any of us can really be upset if we just see the likes of Dom, Tom Davies, you know, Kenny, those guys getting, you know, a good amount of minutes through the rest of the season. Morgan Feeney's been training with the first team for a good while, but to my knowledge, he hasn't made the 18 yet, which is okay. You know, Fraser Hornby, he's a good shout, right? He's a big uh, center forward. And I'd also kind of like to sprinkle in a, a little bit of a Basala Sambo. And that's because, well, not only did he have a, a really nice goal today, but he's he's been making the headlines quite a bit for the younger players. His name's been popping up for for a good while, at least on my feed, uh, for a couple of years. And he seems to, ha- you know, be that pacey forward player. I think he, I think he primarily pay, plays on the left, maybe kind of up top, depending on if Hornby's playing. And to be honest, I don't think you can scratch any name, any any possibility on the team sheet when you're talking about forwards at this point, because we uh, we're not getting a whole lot of contribution from our quote unquote first teamers. No, we're not at all. It's a huge red flag and a huge area of concern. As far as graduating from the U23s, I think it's more likely to see those types of players graduate from the academy and make loan moves to perhaps championship sides or League One teams rather than see them go directly from the U23s straight into the Premier League. I think that's a huge jump in the quality of play. It would honestly, you know, you don't want to see any players' confidence get shattered. We have seen players make the jump and come out guns blazing and make a really good first impression. And it'd be a good gesture to give players who have been working hard and performing at a high level, you know, the token Premier League appearance. Does that really serve a long-term benefit? What are the pros and cons of that? I, I don't really see a ton of pros just to play them for the sake of playing them. I'd rather they just continue to develop at their level, see what players are able to, to earn loan moves to a higher level team next season. And it's really encouraging to see both 
the U23s at the top of the Premier League 2, and then the U18s at the top of the U18 North Division. Um, Just a really good representation that shows our academy is doing the right things already, and that kind of groundwork was already laid before Marcel Brands came in, and now with him at the helm, fully confident that that's only going to have an upward trajectory. Absolutely. And last point about those youth teams, right? When Marcel Brands came in over the summer, he mentioned that he wanted all youth teams all the way down the chain to be playing the same style that Silva prefers to play in the first team to make them, you know, to make them more essentially plug and play, if you will, once they start trying to make those jumps in levels. So without further ado, James, I've been really excited. Would you like to announce our guest for our Saturday show. Alex, I am thrilled to announce. So a couple months ago, <laughs> anticlimactic, we had Jonathan Clegg, John Clegg, who is a content editor at the Wall Street Journal, reach out to us about a book that he and his co-author Joshua Robinson wrote titled The Club, How the English Premier League Became the Wildest, Richest, Most Disruptive Force in Sports. We've been plugging away, reading the book, working around difficult schedules. Everyone has stuff going on, and we're finally excited that we're going to have Jonathan on on Saturday. Uh, They had a lot of really cool interviews when writing this book, and we're going to talk about it all. We're going to discuss it, how it relates to Everton. They talked to Bill Kenwright. They talked to a lot of people surrounding the club. I am really, really excited. The book is amazing. Covers the whole history of the Premier League, the business deals, how the TV deal, original TV deals came to be, how the league went from a really, you know, working class rundown stadiums to the commercial enterprise that it is today. I've loved reading it. It's going to be a great conversation and I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.